Producer Michael Miracle here, and before we get into today's podcast, I'd like to quickly invite you to join the I Work For Him Nation. Being a part of the nation is all about being Jesus in your workplace, because you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. So, head to our website, iworkforhim.com, and click on the nation flag, then prayerfully consider joining the nation. We'd love for you to join us in this workplace movement. Thanks again for listening. Here's today's podcast. Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha. And why do we call it that, Martha? Because we're together on a Tuesday, and it's Jim and Martha. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to I Work For Him this I afternoon. Know. That's uh, rough. That was good. I like that. Okay. I, I like that. All right. Now, we've been told that people enjoy our banter, but we hope even more that you enjoy our conversation as we challenge you guys on a Tuesday to places we don't go Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. No matter where you are in the world, you can hear us daily on the radio in Tampa Bay and online at iHeartRadio.com. Martha, Every day, it's super easy for people to tune in to find out where we're where we're on and when we're on and how they can listen to us. All they got to do is what? Just go to iworkforhim.com and all the information is there. There's a listen tab if you want to get specific and it tells you all kinds of different platforms we have us on and hopefully people will, can pick it up. Yeah, you can listen live a couple times different during the day and then you can listen online all the time to podcasts and rebroadcast. Check us out online at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. We are grateful that you are listening, and we'd love for you to tell a friend. We'd love for you to go out there on Facebook if you haven't done so to this point in time and like us on Facebook, follow us. We're always putting new information out there. Like what kind of stuff did you put on Facebook today? Um, I put on Facebook today. What did I put on today? Oh, I don't know. It's not what you put on. It's about what you are about to put on. Right after the show, after Martha the and show. I are going to do a dance We're video. Have... No. No? Right We're after the show, Martha and I are going to do a style gonna... show. Yeah. <laughs> right after the show, we're going to do a video we got from one of our great, one of the great ministers. We're not going to tell them? We got gifts and we want to show it. Oh, oh, oh. oh so we're going to do a video right after the show on Facebook swag. about this incredible ministry that perhaps you should get involved in. And it's one we've highlighted a couple of times here on I Work For Him. Make sure you check us out on Facebook right after the show. Yeah, we we didn't want to diminish it during the holidays because we kept talking about, oh, let's do a video. Let's show everybody this little package that came in the mail. It was so much fun. So we decided today's the day. Today. So tune into Facebook. I work for him right after we get off the air today. That's right. All right. We always <laughs> want to know the secret. We want to know the secret ingredients to our friend's favorite dish, the secret to a great golf swing, although I don't really care, the secret to a healthy diet, the secret to catching the biggest fish. The I just got the dirty look about the golf swing thing. Do you care about the healthy food either? Wait a second. The secret to a healthy diet. If there's some way to <laughs> I mean, really. If there's some way to incorporate Mountain Dew, which, by the way, I have gone Mountain Dewless all day today. Way to go. You have grape juice. Today. I do have grape juice. <laughs> so and cute. I did have a mocha frappe at McDonald's for breakfast, but okay. Mm. All right. So what, you know, the, you interrupted my great I'm sorry. monologue. Go back. Right. Tell everybody about the uh, We all want to know the secret ingredients to our friend's favorite dish, the secret to a great golf string. This week, it, the secret, I can't even say it now. I've been interrupted so many times. The secret to catching the biggest fish, the secret to a healthy diet, be able to eat everything you want and still look great, the secret to success. How about what's the secret of life? What is the secret to success? in your marriage and relationships, and why does it matter? 
Martha and I are going to reveal some serious marriage secrets today, both about life and about marriage. Why should you stay tuned to the workplace-related show that talks about marriage and relationships every Tuesday? We'll reveal that secret, too. Welcome to Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg right here on I Work For Him. I'm sorry I flustered you. That was a have, really great little... We should have had some like, more music like, right after that. About Ba-da-da-da. 007 music. No, like, I don't no. think so. Oh, okay. 007 Secret. music? Hey, well, but like, speaking you know, of, speaking of great music, we're not in, we don't endorse a lot of oh. video. We don't endorse a lot of movies because there's not a lot to endorse out there coming out of Hollywood. There's been some great Christian movies which we have endorsed yes. on this show. Yes. But Martha and I had the privilege on our date night about 10 days ago. Yes. Actually, afternoon, because it's cheaper. We That's right. We went on an afternoon show. Matinee. And we went and saw The Greatest Showman. Oh, my And it's word. starring Hugh Jackman and some other lady. I don't know her name. I'm horrible at names, but uh, everybody's going to know. Hugh Jackman. If they saw the right. movie or so saw the trailer. This is all about um, P.T. Barnum's life. Yes. And that's part of Barnum and Bailey's circus kind of deal, that Barnum. This was... Perhaps the greatest musical movie journey since Greece for us, I would think. The That's songs, what I posted on Facebook today. I said, I'm obsessed by the soundtrack. I mean, the greatest we all know that Frozen soundtrack stuck in our children's heads and they couldn't get it out and it drove us crazy. Oh, yeah. That's not the kind of soundtrack. That was just Disney doing what Disney does best. This is a movie that is about life. This is a movie that's about marriage. This is a movie about... Uh, about poverty, about riches, and the benefit, and the uh, uh, this is a this is a a movie about the oppressed. This is a movie about the outcasts. Mm-hmm. This is a movie about. I mean, this was really it's about dreaming re- and having goals. Those are also things that I was really challenged by. And the so the songs that are the soundtrack behind this movie are so powerful and so uplifting. So uplifting. If for not for a non Christian movie, it was the most inspiring story that we have heard in a very long time oh my goodness yes absolutely we so you've got a chance to go see that in the theater we might have to change our ins and outs to some of their songs well anyway maybe but i don't know i I mean maybe not but what i'm what we're saying is that you all need a date night and here's a date night you need to go on and we happen to go to the theaters locally around here we're not going to give them a plug because they're not paying us but they had recliners Holy smokes, is that a really that cool experience? That tells everybody that we haven't been to the movies for a long time Don't because everybody else already knows all this. That's not true. Yeah. That is not true. Okay, they could call in right now and tell us if they've never heard that a movie theater has recliners. They have recliners. It's a great thing. It was all amazing. Right. Okay, so we just want to put in that little plug. Okay, so let, let's get to our, let's just get to our, you know, here, here's what I wanted to do. I want to start off with something we used to start off with all the time. Romans 12, okay. 2. Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg was launched out of the reality that our marriages as Christ followers should be different. Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And too often as Christ followers, our marriages mimicked the world's view of what marriage should look like, mm-hmm. which is pathetic, which is, uh, you know, it, it's got an anemic feel to it, almost bloodless 
feelingless feel because it, you know, that's a the, great face you're making. The world, and it's, you could see this on Facebook video. No, you're not seeing it on video. Not we should have been doing that today. Not um, the. The world tells us that marriage is all about feelings and it's all about emotion, and that's not what it is. Marriage is awesome, but as Christ followers, we need to change the way we think about marriage, and that's why we talk about this on Together on Tuesdays. I think one of the biggest things that our culture tells us today about marriage is that it's temporal. And I think that that's one of the things that as Christ followers, we just want to encourage and remind people that we're in this for the long haul. And there are tough days. There are great days. But God's given us a lot of days to live on this earth. And if we choose the vow of marriage, the covenant of marriage, that um, that's for the rest of our lives. So that's the thing to re- that's really different than the way the culture looks at it, the world looks at it. Well, and I would tell you that it is what drives me is the excitement that we realize that our marriages are an example to the to the neighborhoods the our families for those for those people that have family that are not Christ followers for our neighborhoods in our churches in our workplaces that as Christ followers our marriage should be the hope to those that are married around us or thinking about getting married or think about getting unmarried Christ followers should let people know, hey, it's different here. Within the body of Christ, because of Jesus, our marriages are different. So for our listeners, um, one of the things that that just makes me think of is the fact that have you ever thought of your marriage as a part of your testimony? And um, so, so doing it well figuring out how to make it even stronger and more vibrant is a huge part of your testimony. So when we come back, Martha and I will reveal some of the deepest secrets to having an awesome, long-lasting, successful, flourishing, awesome, did I say that awesome again? Marriage. Stay tuned. Do not go away. I can't wait to hear what they are. You already probably know. But these people listening don't. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. Now, Martha started right off with me right when we are on the break. She's like, Jim, wait a minute. Well, I just wanted to make sure that we weren't, as we talk about these secrets of marriage um, that we've kind of have uncovered or are learning, that it doesn't mean that we developed them, that there are secrets, and that we've got them all figured out. So we're learning this process as we go along. So I hope that you guys are along with us for the journey. Well, and when we say secrets, we mean that, unfortunately, many of us were not taught these things. And so we're uncovering them. And as Martha and I have figured out things that really work well for our marriage, we really believe these are universal strategies that will work for every marriage. And like Martha said, we don't have it figured out. Just come spend a day with us. If you want to see what a real marriage looks like, come spend a day with us. And many sure, people that'd be have. Fun. We've had 950 some shows. We've had a lot of people spend days with us. And you know, we're real. We make mistakes. It would be fun. It would be fun. If you videoed everything. Yes. Oh my goodness. But you know, we're, we're not perfect, but we want, even though our marriage isn't perfect, we want you to experience the joy that we really do experience 98 and a half percent of the time. Maybe it's 99. There you go. Don't be so quiet. Well, <laughs> you were just kind of, you know, on a roll there. I'm right. just giving you the floor. You gave us a verse. I did. So since we're talking about secrets. in the Oh, new- speaking of secrets. 
Many of you can hear this. What does that sound like? I got to tell you about one of the most incredible Christmas gifts I got from our friend Susan. Yeah. I just wanted to share this on the air today. Okay. Unbelievable gift. And Michael Miracle did not appreciate this gift. Uncle <laughs> Oinker's Savory Bacon Mints. I don't know if... I, who knew that you could capture the flavor of bacon in a mint? But Uncle Oinker did. Who knew? And So what's that have to do with secrets, Jim? I, that was a secret. I had no idea that these were available out there on the open market you know, and, and very few people that are my friends uh, appreciate them. And Martha's taking a picture, getting ready to post that I'm out there. Post on Facebook. it. All right. Oh, so, nice. Your mouth is moving. That's awesome. My well, mouth is almost it, always it moving. It is. So okay. So talk to me about the Bible verse you pick. Why'd okay. you pick it up? I can't post on Facebook and do this. So I'm going to revere. Ah, there, revere. There it is. It's true. Women can't multitask either. I can't either. read and Women post can't at multitask the same time. either. Okay, I'm not as good as some of those teens that can text <clears throat> under the table either. So, okay, Luke well, 8, If they shouldn't be texting, they shouldn't be texting under the table. What are they hiding? I, well, they're they're pretending to listen to their teacher. So they're pretending they're to listen. They're not really multitasking anyway, either. They're hiding. Anyway. Okay. Luke eight seventeen says, For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. And I just wrote, because we were talking about secrets, you know, it's one of the things that the reality is that so many things of our life we'd like to keep hidden, I think. We go through life thinking, oh, nobody needs to know about that. Well, don't have a radio show if that's what you want. But sure. I, I think we should just start off with talking. I mean, again, as together on Tuesdays, all right, here on I Work For Him, we just understand, just maybe you're just tuning in right now. One of the reasons we talk about marriage and relationships every Tuesday in some form or fashion is because we believe that Christ followers marriages should be an inspiration to the nation. That if Christ followers walked with the Lord humbly and married each other and humbly served each other as Ephesians 5, 25 through 32 talks about that our nation would be turned upside down on its head and on its knees. And it would be revolutionary. But, you know, I want to talk about what drives that secret. You know, there's, there's been many movies, uh, about the secret of life and, and the the secret uh, wall. I can't talk to you when you're sitting there texting. I am posting. I don't, your I don't know how you do that. I'm okay, sorry. I'm trying to have a conversation okay. with you. Okay, but that's fine. We're on radio and she's posting on Facebook, but wait till you see the picture of me with Uncle Oinker's savory bacon mints. All okay. right, the secret of life. The answer to every question that people are asking as people are searching for truth and they're searching for meaning, it's Jesus. Without Jesus, life doesn't make sense. Without Jesus having risen from the dead, everything that Christianity stands for would be bunk. But because Jesus did come and live and die and raise from the dead, life is not only worth living, it's worth thriving. And this life that we have needs to be shared with others because of what Jesus has done in our lives by bringing freedom from the, the, the penitentiary of sin in our lives, Jesus died on the cross to set us free. And that freedom is something that we need to share with everybody. And that's the secret of life. And if your marriage is focused on that freedom, it focused on that secret, and it's focused on Jesus at the center, your marriage will last a lifetime. It won't be perfect because Jesus, even Jesus said, in your life, you will have trouble. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that it won't be awesome. This is true.
Good word. Preacher Jim. <laughs> Are you thinking about that today? So, Jim, what is, well, if that's the secret of life then, is having Jesus at the center? Yes. That's okay. the old triangle thing that we got from one of the greatest B Christian movies ever called Marriage Retreat. Mm-hmm. And it was the triangle. And it was and it was both of us on our knees at the corners and God at the top of the triangle on an isosceles triangle. And the, no, an equilateral the fact triangle. that as we get closer to God, we're getting closer to each other in our marriages. Not an, not an equilateral, an isosceles triangle. The ones that's kind of squishier and taller. Yeah. Yeah. That'll okay. work. Like a pyramid. Yeah. yeah. But yes, with us at the bottom, working yes. together, chasing after God together. And then we grow closer together as we go along. All right. What do you think the biggest secret about marriage is? What are the biggest secret to a successful marriage? Let's reword the question. The biggest secret to a successful marriage, knowing that we've, that we've had, we have lots of examples in our upline, uh, your grandparents and our, both sets of our parents. And we've got brothers and sisters and sisters and brother-in-laws that have been married in, in our marriage. What do you think the, the secret is? Well, um, we've talked about this quite a bit in different perspectives before. So today I'm going to say that I believe it's actually having God at the center of the marriage um, in many different forms. That can be in praying together, in, in consulting God when you make decisions, in um, how we prioritize our own personal time, whatever it might be. But um, I love it, actually. It was Raul Serrano, Dr. Raul um, from Ignite Chiropractic, who had that picture in his office that showed God at the center. And um, he talked about that in their own marriage and how that was their perspective. Because so many people say prioritize and make God first, but actually being at the center means everything has to focus in to that point. We've been married a little over 31 and a half years. And, and yes, right. Pretty awesome. And we've known each other 35 and a half years. When and we're you... only 39. <laughs> yes, we started dating in kindergarten. <laughs> uh, or and got married at first graders. No, because no. all tr- all secrets will eventually come to light. Well, we've already talked about that on right. the air. But we are older than that. What was my point again? We've known each other a long time. What was I starting God to say? God is at the center. Truly, Martha is punchy <laughs> today a little bit. I'm all right. sorry. So what? I, I have no idea where I was going with that conversation. Okay, so what I was saying is that we. Ha- How long has it taken us to figure out that God needs to be at the center of everything? About 31, 31 and a half and years. A years <laughs> yeah. maybe. <laughs> I mean, it, this is something that takes work because often we take God and we throw him out of the center because we want to be in the center. We want to be in control. We don't want to uh, to surrender. We don't want to go where it's messy because following Jesus is messy on a daily basis. Submitting to God's leadership is messy. And so we're constantly throwing him out of the center. And we have to like open up the door and say, go back, go back in. Sorry, I, I apologize. I'll get off the throne. You get back on the throne. I mean, that's something we're constantly battling. I think that's why scripture is so full of some of the same themes over and over again, because in our humanity, we struggle. We, we want to make God uh, the center, but yeah, we struggle to put ourselves there. We struggle with, you know, self-control. We struggle with what, Mm. you know, um, ego, uh, just power, so many things that, God knows that we need that constant reminder. You know, we've been reading the same devotion. Now we're going on our third, third year, year, right? Jesus calling evening and morning. So morning and evening. Morning and evening. 
usually works better, but that has been the same theme over and over again. But guess what? We need it. Oh my goodness. So we it, should really we, read every page every day, but we'd never yeah. have any time to get anything work done. This is true. It, Lots of lessons to learn in scripture. You get so soft. I'm sorry. All right, but but I would tell you, I mean, that was one of the reasons why I fasted from TV on Sunday. I just really felt like we're so crazy. I just need a quiet day where where I wasn't filling my head full of TV. And you know, since I'm not into sports, it was just one of those days where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to back away and be quiet and do a little reading, force myself just to be quiet. Because that's when I hear God best when I'm quiet. I think we all hear God best when we're quiet. Yes, but some of us get quiet easier than others. The only time I'm quiet is when I'm reading somebody else's words or if I'm sleeping it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Today, we're just re- we're, we're highlighting three, of, three critical things we think that all of us need to invest in in our marriages. You know, Martha, as I was working on the last session for our marriage retreat cruise, that's coming up the, February 8th through the 12th. A month. A month. Well, in a month from now, we'll already be on the sea having our first full day of our marriage retreat. And, and folks, it's already full, but there's another one scheduled for next year. We're not going to start advertising it, but if you want to find out more, of course, you can just go on to iWorkForHim.com. It's out there, and it's actually February 10th through the 14th next year, right? Does that sound right? Yes, but I don't think I have the info there yet because I was waiting for this one to be over. Over. Okay. All right. To not but, confuse people. But as but... I was working at, one of our, on our last session, we're going to be talking a little bit about legacy. And and what marriage looks like, starting with marriage as you know, we get married the whole happily ever after, and then we go, we we, we go marriage without kids, and then marriage with kids, and then marriage with adult kids, and then empty nesting, and then grandparenthood, and then growing old together. And, and as I look at all of those things, the three, the three critical things that we're going to highlight here in the next half hour are things that fit into every one of those categories. Hmm. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I wish you, we really should have been videotaping this today. I'm going to videotape you the next time. Why? Around. What did my face tell you? <laughs> I'm very curious. She's just so sincere. And it, and she is, hmm. Imagine Look, that. I'm being go, sincere. Go ahead. And be, that's a really good that's a virtue. Good, that's, I'm pretty one? sure. All right. Okay. So, these are just three. These are not the top three. I misspoke right before the bottom of the half hour. We'll they're forgive just, you, Jim. They're three that we really think that every couple should be involved in one you know, part or another. All right. Okay. So why, why do I always have to start the conversations? Because um, you're the host. I'm the co-host. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So we think... For the success of every Christ-centered marriage, you need to get involved in, yes, you need to go to church, but it's too easy to slide in and out of church and never develop any relationships. Mm. You, as a married couple, need to get involved in a small group. Again, not a small group where you can sneak in and out and not develop any relationships. I mean an awkward small group where people (laughs) share things and where it's messy and people have disagreements over scripture and all. I mean, just people, you need real life, real life people that are in a similar, not, not, that's the wrong thing. Forget about that. I'm going to take the back. I'm retracting. Um, I want to just get involved in a group of married people in a small group. So that's their common denominator. What we're talking about today is that you're 
as a married couple looking for other married couples to do life alongside with from a biblical perspective. Right. So in order to get involved in a small group, most people have to get involved in a church. So we think church attendance is important because it will force you and give, no, it will enable you to better get involved in a small group. We will also tell you that at church, you will get taught things that you won't necessarily learn in your small, in your, in your personal devotion time. I mean, it's somebody else's perspective, but it shouldn't be the only part of body of Christ involvement that we think that getting involved in a small group is really, really critical. How has it impacted our marriage? Oh my goodness. In so many ways. I think that for one thing, at some point in our life, somebody posed this question. They said, if you were stuck at the airport in the middle of the night and your spouse couldn't come and get you because maybe they're home with the kids or something, who would you call? And where you find that person often, especially if you don't live by family, because, you know, mom and dad are always a great answer um, if they live nearby. But small groups are those kind of people. And so in our life, over the years, we've had several different um, groups of people that we've been involved with, but they're the people that, you know what, when stuff isn't going right, or stuff is worth celebrating, um, they're the ones that that they've been walking alongside with you, praying with you about it, um, walking you through it, and they can empathize a lot of times in one way or another. And um, that's one of the things I think that's been most valuable for us in our marriage. Well, you're not going to get into a group where you can be transparent and share real things if you're not involved on a regular basis, because it's too hard to be real if you don't really know that you're being real is safe. And, and I'm just trying to think, when we were engaged, my sister and brother-in-law, Sue and mm-hmm. Jeff, invited us to be involved in their small group. And we were in that group for several years. Yes. And then we were in another really powerful small group in the mid-90s. And uh, we were always in a small group of volunteer youth leaders. That was always our small group uh, uh, peer group. Right. And then um, we led a small group for a decade. And we made a mistake there, though. We didn't, um, because we were the leaders, we didn't get we should have then involved ourselves in a really microcosm of that small group, mm. which we kind of did, but not as much as we really needed to people that, uh, that we, we are now more in a microcosm of that small group than we were when we were leading it. And now we're in another small group. So, and those have been, it's been valuable because we need to be, have a place to be real, but a place to go, Hey, we're struggling with this. Have you guys ever struggled with it? And the reason I took back or retracted my statement on people that are in the same place in life as you, yeah. we all need to be surrounded um, by people who have gone through it and who are about ready to go through it. So we've got people in our lives who have been there, done that, and we can ask them questions and people that are going to go through it, that can learn from our struggle in it. You know, so going back to Romans twelve two that we talked about at the beginning of the show is that um, in our culture, it's we don't get surrounded by enough different generations. You know, it's one of the things that's gotten very segmented. Right. And, and in church, they're like, okay, these are for the these are for the 70s and 80-year-olds and the 60-year-olds and then the 50-year-olds, the empty nesters, yeah. and then the 30s and 40-year-olds and, and the newlyweds. And So we love the idea of integration. Yeah, that's right. Because um, although that's not what we're experiencing in, in full transparency right now, the small group we are in is a bunch of peers, um, which I we found value in. But there, we case also, any of you are listening. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. I mean, but um, but we are also very blessed to have 
elders and millennials and everything in between that influence our lives. But there is huge value in that. And so a dream for us would be for those small groups that you get involved with to be multi-generational, to be multi-ethnic, to be multicultural. Multi-economic, economically diverse. Yes. Ooh, good word. I I, got to give that to Sherman and Sadell Bradley. They're the ones that we got to be multi-ethnic, economically diverse, um, uh, generationally diverse. Yeah. That's really what we're looking for. That's really what the church was. If you look at the early church, it was all of those things. And, And that's really what we need. But here's what it will do for you as a couple. It will give you a safe place. And when you're having a struggle day, because on the marriage, in the marriage world, there are days where you are on the struggle bus, just period. That's what happens. You need a place to be able to go, a safe place. And uh, that's a, a couples from there. That's a safe place. And it takes time to develop that. Mm-hmm. But they can help you work through any problem because people more than likely in a small group, somebody has been there, done that. And you know what I would just say for listeners who don't know of a small group to get involved with, start one. There is nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I'm going to find a marriage curriculum. Um, You can go and find all kinds of things. Just study something that will bring you together and say, you know what, for six weeks, I would like you and your spouse to come join us at our house and we're going to study what it means to communicate better in our marriage or whatever the topic might be. And just start it. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. If you don't have that. But that can be intimidating for people, though. Oh, sure it can be. But you know what? The rewards way outweigh it. So well, make sure you offer some dessert bars or something. Well, yeah, <laughs> offer food and people will come. Yeah, but that one of the, the key things there is understanding that <laughs> somebody from our small group was listening. And, oh, yeah? Uh, heard what you said about our small group, just in case you're wondering. Okay. I said a good thing, That's so I good. don't know okay. how you interpreted it anything different. But one of the great things is... Uh, in starting it, it, you don't have to do all the leading that because we all lead from our heart. And like right now, our small group's about ready to just dive into acts as mm-hmm. we've been doing on Sundays. We're going to do it on Wednesdays. And, and each one of us, each one of us couples is going to take time teaching and couples, husbands and wives will be doing teaching, not just the men. All right. So get involved in a small group. It will be powerful. So it's not a secret anymore. No, so it's not a secret. secret. All right. Now, I'm going to say that that really fits in our second point we want to bring today, marriage mentoring. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that we have benefited from all of our married lives is we've always had people who are further along in the married, in further along in married life who've been there, done that, who have invested their lives in us. And that has really benefited us. And that's Mm -hmm. marriage mentoring. Sometimes it's been formal. Sometimes it's been informal. But we've always been intentional about surrounding ourselves with people that can benefit from where we've been and for we've always tried to surround ourselves with people that, that have been there done that that we can learn from yeah so the reason we say this is a secret is so many people just don't consider it for themselves they think oh i need to be in crisis in order to um, connect with another couple in such a, a level but that's not the case and we've seen time and time again just um meeting with another couple and just working on things to strengthen it is is the the most important thing you can do um, in that area because of the fact that a lot of times people ignore problems and they may not be in crisis now, but if they ignore that problem and then another problem comes along and they ignore that problem, it just builds to the point where someday, as Andy Stanley says, the wife asks or the husband asks for the ketchup to be passed at the kitchen table and she says, that's it, that's enough, I've had it. 
and you're thinking it's about the ketchup and it's not. It's about all of those things that led up to that because they never learned how to communicate and deal with their conflict. Right. And in that case, when things have built on another and on another and on another, in order to get to the real issues, you've got to clean up those issues that built on each other and get them out of the way so you can really get down to what the root issue was. But marriage mentoring, if you don't have somebody invested in your marriage, somebody that you go to on a regular basis just to talk things through, maybe it is a mom or a dad, but that'd be a rare occurrence. But somebody in your church body, somebody within the body of Christ that's been, is further along in the journey of marriage than you, go and get some people and invest in them. Maybe they're in your small group, but get some one-on-one time. Let them ask you the tough questions to make sure that your marriage is centered where it needs to be centered on God with Jesus driving the, the, the bus. I mean, it, it's this is something that takes work, but getting mentored and being a mentor, not just getting mentored, mm-hmm. that's like sitting in the pews. You're getting trained all day long, you're not doing anything with it. This is getting mentored and then being a mentor. Both those things, I think, have really made our marriage very different than the world's because we're constantly investing in others, so we're constantly looking at our own. Right. Why do we do this on a workplace ministry show? Well, let's tell you. Well, the way I look at it is that one of the greatest examples we can be in our workplace is to have a marriage that really stands out. And we understand not everybody listening is married, and um, we hope that you still learn from what we're talking about, because maybe you've been there and you can relate to some of the things we're talking about. You can help your children, your family yourself in the future, um, but we, we're thankful that we had the opportunity to talk about it. But the but um, everybody listening is either wanted to be married, been married, or is married. Yes. I mean, almost, not, okay, 99.9999% yeah, of people want to get married. So with that in mind... Um, well, well, I wanted to just go back well, and just... I didn't finish the thought oh, about just hadn't? being a good you example. Mean I interrupted your thought now? Yeah. Wow. So just, we believe that um, our marriage in the workplace can be a great example. And what a great testimony it can be if you're working on it, it's got a strong foundation and it's Christ-centered. So that's why. I'm really, I'm really sorry that I interrupted you. I, I, will you forgive me, please? Yes, I I love you. you. I love you too. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> now I'm going to throw something at you. <laughs> why are you throwing something at me? <laughs> I don't know. I was being sincere. Okay. okay. So right before the break, mm-hmm. or right before we came back in, there was the commercial about I work for, the I Work For Him Nation. That's something we don't talk about all the time on the air, which I probably should, because I know that the podcast doesn't play the commercials. But one of the things that I really want to draw attention to is that the I Work For Him Nation is really... It, it applies to everything that we do. But if you join the I Work For Him Nation, we're asking you to make a commitment to really living a life that is different than everybody else around you. We're asking you, if you really want to make an impact in your workplace, start making an impact by praying for your coworkers and employees, by praying for those you work alongside each and every day, looking for ways to serve them outside of the calling of your work going above and beyond, looking for ways to befriend them when you notice they're having a rough day, looking for ways to pray with them when you ask them, hey, I know you're having a rough day. No. Okay. I said, I got that confused. You should have interrupted me again. Oh, that did not mean that as a, as a, oh my, I am digging out, digging out. What I said is look for ways to befriend them, not when they're having a rough day, but every day, but do it outside of work. Then when you notice you're having a rough day, look for ways to pray with them. Because whenever I've noticed somebody having a rough day and I say, hey, I see you're having a rough day. What's going on? I wait. I listen. 
And then when they're, when they're done, I say, okay, hey, can I pray with you about that? Before we pray, before we, I interrupt them, before we go, I say, let's pray. And then when, but all along, the importance of this is that we demonstrate excellence in everything that we do. That was just agonizing the way I did that. I've never, <laughs> I've never struggled so much trying to get that out. All right. That's okay. I want to talk about the third critical. So one of the critical things we've talked about is marriage mentoring that that's really critical in a marriage. Surround yourself with people it's who have been there, done that. It was a secret, a critical secret to marriage success. Surround yourself with people who have been there, done that in their marriages, and you can learn from them, but also surround yourself with people that you can pour into as well. Get involved in a small group. Absolutely critical. Get involved in a small group. But you wanted to say something about church. Well, I church. did, because, you know, it seems like lately when we tell people that we have a Christian radio show, Immediately, the conversation turns to something like, oh, yeah, we've been meaning to find a church, or we moved here two years ago, and um, yeah, we haven't really found a church yet, or... Um, what does that really mean? Because, you know, on every other corner, there's a church well, so you could find churches. But let's be sympathetic to the situation okay. and just say, we just want to say... Because that is one of my highest giftings, mercy. No matter what your circumstances are take this opportunity in 2018 to be to be different to to change your path and if that's been you just you've given it up as a priority or you've never even been a church intender there's nothing magical about going to church but the point is we want you to find a local church to plug into and it's what's so important about what you were saying. It's so critical. But so many times people ask the wrong question. They're asking, well, I'm looking for a church that meets my needs. Mm. That's the wrong question. What? That's the wrong question. It's not question. supposed to meet my needs? No, you're supposed to look for a church that needs you, mm. that needs the spiritual gifts that you've been given. And if a church doesn't need your spiritual gifts, find a church that does need your spiritual gifts. But get, I mean, that's that's why I'm thinking we ask the wrong question. But get involved in a church that can build you up and teach you. But again, you, you, you got to take it deeper, the small group thing. What else were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, not so they just need your spiritual gifts to work within the church, but to serve the community and to serve, to to reach back out to the people around you, not just within the four walls. Right. Oh, so. right. To have your spiritual gifts encouraged in your right. whole life. Yeah. So really a church that believes in whole life discipleship that's going to equip you to do everything that you're doing. Yes. Okay. So... I wanted I wanted to hit one other really critical thing that I think will transform a lot of marriages. A lot of marriages, Christ-following marriages, or, or well, let's just say a lot of Christian marriages, they're, they're, they're American dream kind of marriages where, you know, the more money they make, the bigger the house they get, the more expensive the car they get. Everything's about their stuff. But then if... When, when it happens to be, not everything, but a lot of it is about their stuff, the accumulation of goods, and as they get older, they got more and more stuff. But what happens then, if there's a blip, like what happened with the Great Recession, and all of a sudden, there's not as much stuff anymore, a marriage that was built up based on the stuff really struggles. And one of the things that God really blessed us with, and this is something that we just saw demonstrated, and therefore we reproduced it, but God blessed us with knowing that generosity being generous keeps the focus off the stuff and keeps our focus off of getting more and more stuff and capping kind of where we're at. I really believe that, 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 and we've been, there was just something we saw demonstrated in our, in our grandparents and in our parents, that, that generosity, but to have, when you live a generous marriage, 
it's no longer the focus on the accumulation of goods, which bog you down and take all your time. We talk to people all the time, don't we, Martha, that have garages full of stuff. In fact, I talked to a, a good friend of mine. He's got a warehouse full of stuff. We've got friends in our small group that have a six-car garage full of stuff. That's all this stuff that they don't use. Everybody listening, 90% of the people listening have a storage unit. Because their garage is full. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but just down the street, there's like three storage units in a row, and they're building another one because there's such a demand for it. Right. So we're, we've got all this stuff, but what is that stuff in the storage unit or your garage doing anybody any good? You can't get to it anyway. Be generous. Give it to somebody who can use your stuff, mm. but start to live a generous life where you're giving of your time that it's not about you and what your needs are, but because as you seek to meet the needs of others and and doing that in a Christ-centered way, generosity with your spirit, it will transform your marriage because it gets the focus off of you and and off onto others. And the what, that is the biggest cure for depression is feeding into other people. And we have just seen that in our marriages, we've been generous that it keeps, it for sure keeps worldly goods from being a distraction in our marriages. But you're talking about generosity beyond even just financial, um, as far as our time right. and our energy. Yep, time and energy and, and, and stuff. And stuff. So all of those ways, because what you just, you. Because um, a marriage is not defined by the stuff or the, the movies that you've watched or by the vacations that you've taken. Your marriage is defined by what you've poured out of your marriage into others mm, and the example that it is. Yeah. But I you know, I think this generosity thing's really going to hit this next generation because with the tax reform package that's just been passed, the average family that makes a hundred thousand dollars a year and they're tithing. So they're given $10,000 a year. No longer will that really impact their taxation hmm. because now the standard deduction from most the average couples across the United States of America will not exceed what their generosity is financially and their and their uh, property taxes and their state taxes. In most places, it's not going to exceed that anymore. We just need to be generous because that's what God calls us to be. He, Jesus calls us to be generous with everything we have. And it, if it defines you, then it no longer, your stuff no longer defines you, your generosity defines you. So how can we as a couple work or focus on being more generous? What do you think are some ideas? I think look for ways, look for things we're hoarding. Make sure that we're just getting, that we don't have hoarding stuff. You know, you and I are constantly culling to make sure the stuff's not sitting there getting old and moldy. We made that commitment when we first got married to not let anything get old and moldy if we're not using it, to give it away right away. I think it's important, more important to not buy stuff you don't need, mm -hmm. but to notice, to look for needs in other people. Even the, the, the poorest of all of us in the U.S. has the ability to meet the needs of somebody who's less fortunate than us. Whatever that may, may be, food might just be a meal to a mom that's stressed out by a lot of kids. You know, I think you painted I'll... baseboards on Friday night. I did, and it was fun. Um, I think another... Another thing that um, as a couple you can do is really pray about how God wants you to use your money. And um, we do, it's easier at Christmas, but let's look at the rest of the year. How can we be generous in April? And if you get the gift of teaching, you've got the gift of hospitality, or if you've got the gifts of prophecy, whatever your spiritual gifts are, use them generously to the edification of other people. Lift other people up. Don't hoard them for yourself. This was a fun conversation today. 
Well, good. It, well, don't you think it was fun? Yes, I well, hope I, well, I hope our good. listeners <laughs> enjoyed it as well. <laughs> All right. Oh, one thing we need to keep clear, Martha, is that we're Christ followers. Our workplace is our ministry place, which ultimately means I, I work, work for, for him. him.